time for the car doctor. Got a car question? Now, here's the car doctor, John Paul. Well, hello everyone and welcome to the Car Doctor podcast. My name is John Paul, the Car Doctor, and we have some big news planning coming up, whatever you want to call it. Uh, we are moving to terrestrial radio again. We're moving back to a new radio station and we'll give you a little bit more information about that coming up. Uh, today's podcast, we have, a, we have a great show. We are going to be talking first up with Kevin Rafferty. He is the manager of product communications uh, at Nissan of North America. And this is mostly about the all new Nissan Titan. And that we talked to him at the monthly New England Motor Press Association meeting where we get together, a bunch of automotive people get together and we chit chat about cars and what's new on the horizon and so forth. And uh, we did that and we had uh, Steve Oldham, uh, the East Coast nissan representative uh bring kevin with him and we chatted a lot about all kinds of things but a lot about the nissan titan then a little bit later we're going to be talking with old friend peter lachapelle he is from salem massachusetts and we're going to be talking to him about the edsel and maybe one that never really existed a retractable hardtop Edsel, and he has a lot of information about that, so we're going to be talking with him. And then a little bit more information about autonomous vehicles, self-driving vehicles, and how, well, they might be stuck in neutral. So that's our program coming up for today. So as promised, uh, first up, Kevin Rafferty. He is the manager of product communications for Nissan in North America. And my question to Kevin was, tell me about the all-new Nissan Titan. There sure is. Yeah, that is the 2020 Nissan Titan. Uh, the one specifically we have here is our Pro 4X version. That's our off-road version. So the Titan is new for 2020. Yep. Inside and out, safety, technology. Um, it does have the most standard power, safety, and tech in its class. Um, so that comes, every Titan comes standard 400 horsepower, sta standard Apple CarPlay, Android Auto, and standard Nissan Safety Shield 360. So that's a suite of six different technologies that have you covered um, at every every corner of the vehicle. Well, let's back up a little to horsepower. It used to be that yep. 400 horsepower was something you'd see in the highest performance cars. And now we're seeing 400 horsepower in a pickup truck? Yeah, you yeah. sure are. And yeah. not only just that, that's standard horsepower. So that's every trim level every from our yep. S model, which is our base yep. level. Um, all the way through our Platinum Reserve. So yeah, every Titan comes with a standard V8 engine, Yep. a 5.6 liter V8, and you get that 400 horsepower, which again is, is best in class standard. Yep. And the one we have here really looks like a real off-road monster. I mean, it really looks yeah. like it's set up to go off-road. And how, as that was being set up, um, you know, what, what, you know, was there was there a goal in mind when you were looking at that? Um, whether it was to be sort of the best in class, or was it something to be sort of? How did that work? Yeah, you know, I think we look at how our customers want to use our trucks, and some people buy trucks um, they use them as a daily drivers, which a Titan is a great daily driver. Other people drive drive trucks because they want to tow every day. Mm -hmm. Others drive it for a variety of reasons. Others get one because they want to have fun with it and take it off-road and, and get a vehicle that can really go anywhere. Mm -hmm. And this trim level specifically, the Pro 4X is created to go anywhere. It has uh, a number of features on it, um, specifically just for this trim level. It has Bilstein shocks. Um, it comes with a couple additional features, hill descent control, 
um, which makes it a lot easier if you're going up a, a, a high hill, yep. you're coming down, you can't see where so, you're going. So sort of cruise control for off-road. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Better for, for low speeds in a time where you literally can't see the road in front of you because you're looking up, about yep. to come down a hill, and then it'll take you down uh, one step at a time. So a few different features like that that are tailored specifically to the off-road market. Also, our around view monitor comes in really handy while off-roading. Um, if you're going below five miles an hour, you can use that camera to look forward. Mm -hmm. And there's a couple of different cameras on the front of the vehicle, one specifically on the right wheel well. So if you're in a tight spot going in between a couple of rocks or, mm -hmm. or what have you, you can see exactly where your wheel is, which is really helpful going through those tight spots yeah. while off-roading. Yeah. yeah, it really is. There used to be a time where trucks were basic work vehicles. They were pretty simple inside. Yeah. Before we get to all the electronics in the truck, uh, fit and finish looks like you took it out of a Maxima. Yeah. 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 I mean, essentially, it is. It's an incredibly comfortable truck, and you know, it's it's a competitive segment. You know, we we know all across the board, everyone's everyone's comfortable. That drives great, and the Titan is is no different. Um, it does have our zero gravity seats, which are yep. in the Maxima, and and most of our vehicles now at this point. So, so for long road trips, uh, it's great. I took it took it on a road trip to uh, Mississippi a few months ago. It was about a six-hour drive and barely felt anything. I mean, you, you truly barely even tell that you're sitting down. Um, it is a very comfortable yeah. ride. And just like cars, there was a time where all of the safety features, all of the active and passive safety features, you know, were something you only saw in cars. But now, um, like you said, you have the full suite of safety features in this big truck. Yeah. Yeah, safety obviously is, is a huge priority for us, and, and we're sticking by that with having our, our Safety Shield 360, which is six different technologies, standard from the S-Trim on up. And that's King Cap, Crew Cap, doesn't matter which Titan you get, you're getting those six features. So that's stuff like blind spot warning, rear cross traffic alert, really um, technologies that can save you from something happening. Right. If, you, if, if you're not, whatever reason, paying attention, um, it will help you realize what's about to happen and can mitigate a potential accident. Mm. And the way I look at it is if, if there's one time that that helps save you from an accident, then that right there justifies having yep. it. Yep. And, and again, you're covered forward emergency braking, rear emergency braking. So both sides, whether you're backing up, going forward, if you're coming up on a vehicle in front of you, you're not paying attention, it'll beep at you and then yep. the brakes will apply too if, if you're yep. not quick enough. Yeah, so yourself. often when you're driving a full-size truck, there is, even with backup cameras and so forth, there's a lot of stuff you still can't see. So backing yeah. up, being able to, you know, there, there's that post just off to yes. the side somewhere yeah. that, you know, and today's cars, you do just a little bit of body damage and thousands yeah. of dollars. That's yeah, expensive. Exactly, exactly. So, so that's great to see. Um, you talked about um, cab configuration. Yeah. Um, can't, is, there, is there a two-door version anymore? Uh, so no. no, so we did simplify our lineup no. for okay. this year. So we previously were offering a single cab, um, and that is no longer offered for mm -hmm. 2020. Yep. Um, we do still offer a King cab mm -hmm. for for the Titan itself, yep. and then for we still offer the Titan XD as well, which is tailored more towards people um, who use their trucks to tow more. Mm -hmm. So the capability on the XD is a little a little higher. It's a bigger truck. It's a beefier truck. Beefier brakes. Okay. So we do still offer the XD. Um, the XD used to come with the diesel. Mm -hmm. It does not any longer come okay. with the diesel engine. So it, it's gas only. So it's the same engine. Well, the last time I filled up with diesel, it was a dollar more a gallon than gas. So I, yeah, yeah I'm, that's okay with me. 
Yeah, it was yeah. really just, you know, it was, it was yeah. a tough decision. And we know people yeah. love that diesel, the, mm -hmm. the common diesel that was in there. But it's just a matter of, of what people were buying. Yeah. And it just wasn't quite and, there. And I suppose the extra cost of the diesel over the gasoline engine. Most definitely, you, yeah. You have to do the math to see if it makes sense for you. Yeah, and the capability of our endurance V8 engine is fantastic as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, obviously, there's a little bit difference there just by having a diesel engine. But it's it's really a very small difference where yeah. it couldn't quite yeah. justify keeping yeah. it. But, but, yeah, so we have simplified our lineup to... To really concentrate on what the customer yeah. wants and what people are, yeah. are looking to buy. And bed length? Is there one bed, two? What's uh, there are two. So in okay. the in the Titan, it's a standard five and a half okay. bed. And then the King Cab is six and a half. And okay. then in the XD, it's crew cab only, no King Cab, okay. which is a six and a half bed okay. standard. All right. And so again, you've sort of simplified that. Um, looking at the truck out here, kind of looking kind of in my memory, looking back at last year, and maybe it's just... The one I saw saw last year was the the XD version with the diesel. Mm -hmm. It looks a smidge smaller, is it, or it's is it not. just an optical illusion? Yeah, it, it, maybe that's the the styling changes, yeah. but size wise, it's about the same. Um, the length and the width are about the same, so um, it it probably could have been yeah. that you saw the yeah. XD, which when you see the Titan itself next to the Titan XD, you can yeah. definitely tell the difference. Yeah. That the XD is bigger, it's longer, it's yeah. wider, yeah. it's taller. Yeah. So that would yeah. be my guess. Yeah. What you would see uh, previously. This to me seems proportioned a little bit better. Yeah. Um, it, yeah. It, Some it, of the styling yeah. is a, a little bit sleeker. Yeah. So, yeah. so maybe just yeah. looking at it at first glance, it, yeah. it, it may seem a bit smaller. And 2020 car, we're in 2020. Um, the uh, available for sale now? Yes. Yep. Yes, sir. It is on sale now at okay. Nissan dealerships yep. nationwide. Yep. And can you give us kind of a price range of, you know, starting with, you know, just a guess of, you know, yeah. kind of yeah, yeah, where sure. it starts so, at least? Yeah. So the King Cab um, Titan starts at about 36000 mm -hmm. um, And it's important to when you're looking at pricing to understand that we did used to offer the single cab, which right. was um, started the lowest price. Right. So, so if you just look apples to apples, it's not quite the same yeah. because the single cab yeah. was cheaper yeah. and we don't yeah. offer that anymore. So... Um, so it starts at about 36000 for the Titan King Cab and then goes up to about mid to upper 50s Okay. Um, when you get to the Platinum Reserve, the okay. highest trim. And then the Titan XD is about a couple thousand more by trim level. So you don't so have an $80,000 truck yet? No, the, yeah. the highest you can get with the So the Titan XD Platinum Reserve is, is low 60s. Yeah. So I mean, it's amazing that trucks which were at one time affordable transportation um, yeah. You know, I saw a full-size competitor vehicle, and it was it was literally seventy-five thousand dollars, which yeah. is which is uh, which is a lot of money. So yeah, so it sounds price-wise, it sounds like you're pretty favorable compared to the competition. Very much so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And like I said, when you compare it apples to apples, the competition, yep. a, a V8 engine yep. to, to King Cab or Crew right. Cab, almost across the board, mm -hmm. um, it's pretty favorable for yep. us. So it's it's a great value yep. for what you get, especially yep. at the lower trim levels and. Um, and the Pro 4X, if you're looking yep. for off-roading, um, so yeah, it's it's really a great value across the board. And you came you came here to talk about this truck, but there's any, anything else about Nissan that you want to any anything kind of on the horizon we can talk about? Um, I mean, I know you can't talk about the future because sure. that well, you can't because well, you you'll get fired. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's going to be a big year for us. We have said we're going to have uh, 10, 10 new products in twenty months. So oh, we're, in, wow. we're in the midst yeah. of that right now. Um, obviously, on the truck side, Frontier is a hot button for mm -hmm. us. We unveiled the 2020 Frontier at Chicago Auto Show yep. uh, less than a month ago, and that featured the all-new engine and transmission mm -hmm. that will be featured on the all-new Frontier coming later this year. Okay. So 
Um, some exciting news on that front for Frontier already out there and much more to come with the all new model that will be all new completely yep, yep. Um, coming later this yep. year. So on, on the truck side, a lot of good stuff yep. coming down the pipeline. And on the car side last year sort of set the, the automotive world on its side with the all wheel drive Ultimate. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. for sure. And I think that yeah. was out here last year. Yeah. We came yeah. to the presentation. Yeah, and that, and that, that was one of those things that caught, sort of caught everybody by surprise because it wasn't what you expected from Nissan. It was, it was yeah. pretty, pretty interesting to hear. Yeah, definitely, yeah. and especially up around here, though yeah. I guess you guys haven't had a ton of snow well, this we year. Have, we, we've had, it. you know, you go 40 miles up the road from here and there's snow. So yeah, yeah. Right. you don't have to go yeah. far to you find it. You don't have to go find, far to find it. And, and the funny thing about New England, you can get from one end to the other and you know, three or four hours, so you can, you is, can find yeah. all the snow you want. I love so, coming out here. It's, yeah, it's yeah. fascinating. Okay, thanks for your time. Thank you. All right. Appreciate it. And as promised, up next, our buddy, Edsel expert, Peter LaChapelle. With us on the phone is our buddy, Peter from Salem. When you're when you're looking for information about Edsel's, uh, I don't know, there may be nobody that seems to know more about Edsel's than, than Peter does. And uh, Peter, welcome to the Car Doctor podcast. And, and you sent me an interesting article about uh, retractable roof Edsel's, but I don't ever remember seeing one of those. Well, uh, John, it was, uh, it was a thought. Um, <laughs> but uh, the whole retractable program actually... Um, you know, it starts in 1948, and uh, the numbers didn't work. That yep. was that was the big question for Ford. And uh, yeah, they they thought about it in an Etzel, but uh, the Etzel in the two series were very expensive, and they were thinking of putting the roof on a large series car, the Corsair and Citation, which were would have put them way over the the numbers of anything in the marketplace. So. Uh, Ford, you know, with Etzel, was trying to find a, a niche in the mid-price car range, and they had to be competitive with Pontiac and Buick, DeSoto and uh, Chrysler. So it, it would have killed it. Mm. Uh, the, the the story goes um, with the with what they call the Fairlane Hideaway Hardtop. By the way, okay. Uh, Starts in '48 with uh, Gilbert Spear, and he develops a concept in a 3/8 scale model, and it got the attention of uh, William Clay Ford. Okay. And that was that was Henry's uh, brother, Henry II's brother, and uh, he was in charge of the special products division, and Bill Ford was developing a new and exclusive car called the Continental II, not Lincoln Continental. This was Continental oh, II, right. 56 to 57. And um, he thought that the retractable roof would be a great, great feature for the car. But, again, money, uh, the Continental Mark II, thinking in, his, in $56 is $10,000. Mm, wow. Yeah, yeah. You could okay. buy a, you could buy a Ford for two grand. Yeah. So, so it was going to add too much. Uh, so the whole thing was set aside of this retractable. Roof. Yeah. And then Ford, um, you know, Ford at that time was run really by the accountants, and they were. Uh, I think I think it still is, by the way. Uh, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> Nothing changes, you know. Uh, but they wanted to write off the $2.2 million that they had already put into the retractable roof. And um, the only way they could think they could make money with is put it in the, the new 
57 Ford product line, and they, they had spent $17 million on the Ford, 57 Ford. So you could, you could build a whole factory for $17 million. Yeah. 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 And, you know, they, they, of course, they're competing with Chevy, and Chevy for 57 really was a, a rehashed 56. Yeah. So it was a beautiful car. So, and they said, well, we'll offer that feature. So they needed to take a failing convertible, stretch it by three inches, and they had to um, increase the size of the rear deck to allow for the storage of the roof. Yep. The fuel tank had to be ro- located, well, get this in safety terms, behind the rear seat. Oh, nice, yeah. Nice. And the spare tire went under the trunk floor. So the the whole thing, the, the top mechanism was debuted in December of 56 at the New York Auto Show, and everyone, you know, uh, was just mesmerized yeah. what this thing could do. And so, so it... Uh, what makes the thing work? Well, you got seven reversible electric motors, six in the 1959 model, yep. four lift jacks, a series of relays, ten limit switches, ten solenoids, four locking mechanisms for the roof, two locking mechanisms for the trunk lid. So you're lucky anything worked. Yeah, yeah, I'm thinking. I'm thinking of the winter of 1958-59, and you're out there. Wow. Yeah. So, um, and and it was headed by um, a dedicated Ford uh, executive. Um, actually, was an engineer, uh, Benjamin J. Smith, and he um, kind of w- wanted this thing after after the Mark II program yeah. failed, and he he and his confidence um, said, you know, why don't we or they convinced Ford, why don't we get this into production? So yeah. They did. So they shifted from Lincoln to Ford in early 55. And how many were built? And um, what was the weight of these cars? Uh, yeah. 57, 20,766. The three years total, 48,394. And the car weighed 3,960 pounds. That's that's still a big number of cars being sold. It was. It was yeah. that. Well, in, you know, in the late 50s, it was all about uh, push button. Yeah. If you could push a button and the top went down, uh, neighborhoods would, uh, would, streets would fill around the car to watch this thing go up and down. Yeah, I bet. That's how exciting it was. Uh, on Dearborn side, uh, they had... Uh, they didn't recoup the, the money in the development cost, but the PR was excellent. And uh, we find elements of the design in the 58 through 60 Thunderbird. Yep. And then the 58 through 67 Continental Convertible. So if they didn't spend enough money there, they they hired uh, Lucy and Desi. Oh, okay. Uh, okay, as their, as their salesmen. And they also hired, uh, hired Fred and Ethel. And there's a great ad on YouTube, and uh, Lucy's sitting on a phone uh, with a hat that looks like a spaceship, and she's trying to explain the roof to Desi, and Desi's trying to calm her down. <laughs> <laughs> and they also hired, hired Tennessee Ernie Ford. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 So, so it was a big big deal. The whole process to take the roof down, um, the trunk lid opens, the flap on top of the edge of the trunk comes up, the roof lifts up from the body. The flap on the roof folds in. 
The top goes straight vertically down into the trunk. These are all, you know, firing yep. relay yep. switches. Hits the, the trunk, it gets into the trunk. The lid comes down, and there's two screws on the lid that bring, attaches it to the body. Wow. Yeah. You know, and, and I, you know, I can only imagine how these things work because I know the in the 60s, the Mustangs and the Cougars, the, especially the Cougars that had the sequential taillights, they weren't electronic. They were a whole bunch of solenoids with a little motor that spun that, that yeah. flipped these switches on and off. And after those things got to be about 10 years old, they never worked anymore because of the, the solenoids would not work and the little motors quit working. I can't imagine moving this kind of weight and this kind of, uh, this kind of ballet that had to go on where stuff opened and closed and screwed down and hit switches to move other things uh, pretty amazing imagine if the car got uh, got a little into a little accident oh, yeah. the whole thing would be thrown off yeah. well, there's a funny story the uh, the president uh, Dwight Eisenhower and Mamie were in a parade and of course Ford wanted to showcase this thing and they were in a line of these uh, 57 skyliners yep. and the top on the president's car wouldn't go down. Oh, okay. So, uh, and then, and then they had this, you know, a windstorm and rain. So the pre- president and his wife show up at the reviewing stand, soaking wet with the roof in the half <laughs> down position. So it was kind of a, you know, at best it was a uh, a gamble. Yeah. You know, when they were new, and. Um, the, the, uh, funny, as a used car, uh, they were usually worth less than a the Sunliner, the convertible, yeah. because no one wanted to touch the technology, yeah. you know. And there's only a few people left. There's a guy in New Hampshire that uh, does them. Yeah. And, and um, I went to their national show, and they're restored to, you know, number yeah. one plus. but. There's only a few people that know how to align these and make the switches go. And, uh, oh, I bet. I bet. I, I remember going to the Endicott Estate where, you know, where John will say I've never been before, but no, I, I have been. And uh, I, remember seeing a, I remember seeing two or three in a row, and, I, and it was probably only the second time I'd ever seen one. And then all of a sudden to see two or three of them right next to each other was pretty, pretty amazing. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And and for Ford for 57, um, just about beat Chevrolet. In 59, they did, but in 57, they were a dead heat. Wow. And, you know, the success of that car, that whole lineup, you know, was kind of the precursor. Ford started to get arrogant, and they said, well, let's mimic what General Motors yeah. is doing. You know, a Chevrolet, a Pontiac, a Buick. All the way up to Cadillac, and uh, that's where they got in trouble. Yeah, their arrogance started to they, they they fit the Etzel in there, and then they increased the size of the Mercury, and then in '58 the Lincoln became gigantic. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm surprised this roof didn't go in a Lincoln. Just figuring that okay, here's the Lincoln, here's the top of the line, here's something real expensive. Let's throw, let's let's let customers spend more money. Yeah, well. They put elements in it in, in the 58. Yeah. The, you know, that one, it's a soft top. Yeah. But when you hit the button on that one, the the uh, top pops up, and the rear window is slanted, and it retracted down. Oh, okay. And then the trunk lid, uh, no, no, I'm sorry, not the trunk lid, but it would go all the way down. Yeah. 
and then you'd put these giant pontoons over it. Oh, okay. And then in 58, the Thunderbird, which was a late arrival, yep. built on the Wixon line with that big Lincoln to make that profitable, they had the trunk lid that opened, and the convertible top went upside down and into the trunk lid, tripping the relay for the lid to come back down yep. to two screws to tighten that down. So they used elements really yep. until 67. Wow. Yeah, yeah. But they never really got all that money back. And <laughs> the, the uh, mechanics in the Ford garages just would cringe when these things would come in uh, because they didn't. They knew they had a day's work to try to yep. get the thing to go up yep. and down. You know, so. Now, your personal car isn't a Skyliner, but... No, I, I have a 62 Sunliner yep. that I've owned since uh, May of 1974. And uh, the, the car, John, was... Uh, presented to the Duddy family of Duddy Ford. Oh, yeah. And uh, Duddy was like one of the first, like Ernie Bark, you know, yeah. come on down yeah. and uh, finance a car. And he had stuff in stock. You know, we'd have 10 Galaxies, 10 Falcons, so you could. Yeah. So they gave him the car as an incentive. And then I, gave, I got it from his mom, who was a real spicy lady. Yeah. And she was going to drive a new Ford. A seventy-three or four Ford, yep. all the way to California, and she put it in Bargain Hunters. Wow! <laughs> and my father was in the automobile business, and he looked at the car, and she wanted three seventy-five for the car, and I, I was like seventeen years old, and yep. I said, "Dad, I'm going to offer a three fifty And he, my dad says, "Peter, I got the quarter in my pocket. Don't worry about yeah. it. You know, yeah. <laughs> we're going to drive this thing home and twelve thousand original miles." Wow! Yeah, yeah. Now I think it's about fifty thousand. Yeah, and and prior to this, you had an Edsel, which is uh, still local here in Boston, or kind it, of Boston. Yeah, yeah, yeah John. It's um, the Row Hotel, um, Row Hotel at Assembly Square in Somerville wanted to have a representative of Ford's history in their hotel. They have it, you know, uh, in exhibitry, but yep. they wanted a car. So I uh, I sold my '59 pink and white Etzel to them, and they're, they're using it as display. They had it out there for Christmas with a Christmas tree on the roof, and uh, they're using it for VIPs, and uh, wow. they're maintaining it beautifully. And I'm happy because it's telling the Etzel story. Yeah, you know, live yeah. at the place they were built. Yeah, no, that's that's pretty amazing. It uh, was. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, you know, we know each other from. Uh, from the days at WJDA and actually WESX, I remember doing a remote broadcast with WESX, and I was up on up on the North Shore at a at a at a Ford dealership, and you rolled in with your pink Edsel one yeah, day. That's the yeah. first time first time we ever actually met in person, and maybe the only time we ever met in person. And yeah. then we've gotten to know each other more on WROL radio. Well, that didn't work out for a whole lot of reasons after twelve years. But I am going to be. Um, I'm I'm going to be almost in your backyard. Ooh. I'm going to be on uh, North Shore 104.9. Yeah. Uh, right up in Salem. Yeah. And uh, um, the program is going to it's going to be a little bit confusing because it's going to start next week uh, from 10 to 11. We're going to try 10 to 11, okay. and we're going to do it. We're going to do it from. Uh, uh, I have to. I actually have to work at AAA next week at the AAA Travel Show at Gillette Stadium. So the very first program I'm going to do on the new station is going to be a remote broadcast. So 
Wish me luck on that one. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. You love those. Yeah, drugs. yeah, I know. Yeah, they they, <laughs> they almost never work right. So right. we're gonna we're gonna try that at Gillette Stadium. And uh, what's kind of happening is they're they're gonna give it a shot. And like all all things, they are Saturdays. They're all they're all music during the week. But Saturdays they have a lot of little half hour and hour long shows. And uh, they they said to me, we'd love to have your show. We we have a lot of automotive advertisers and and uh, but it really comes down to they they need to be able to make it worthwhile for them so we're going to try it for seven or eight weeks and if they can they can make money at it because i don't i don't i've never made a nickel on the radio show so it's right. up to it's up to them to if they if they want to keep it they're going to they're going to try to sell it and uh uh and if they can put a couple of commercials on the program i could be on the air and uh and a lot of times i'm going to try to be able to do it from home so i don't have to drive the 60 miles up to beverly uh right, right. yeah every saturday uh, but uh, they're a real nice group of people. And what's kind of funny is their afternoon guy is a guy, Jimmy Carter, who I worked with at WROL. He's the first person to put me on the air oh my God. over there. And one of their uh, part-time employees, board operator, announcers is Andy Carboni. Andy Carboni used to be my uh, one of the people that ran the board at WESX. So, uh, so, and Andy and I have known each other for 25 years now. We've only met each other once. Wow. Because he was always, he was always up in Salem and I was always in Quincy. And it was kind of funny. He came into WROL for something once. I walked right by him and he yelled over, hey, John. And I looked at him. I went, I'm sorry. I'm not sure who you are. And he said, Andy Carboni. And I went, oh, geez, you know, and, and you hear Andy a lot. He does, uh, he does a lot of the traffic reports on all the radio stations. And, and so uh, he sent me an email and said, oh, I was talking to the woman at the radio station and looking forward to you being on. So I'm, so wow, I'm, 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 it's going to feel a little like home in one way or another. So, uh, uh, so we'll, have to, we'll have to see what happens. So I'm encouraging everyone who, who knows anybody to, on Saturdays to tune in from 10 to 11 on 104.9. And uh, and uh, we'll talk a little North Shore. We'll we'll talk about you know everything yeah. that's going on up there and uh, everything that's going on everywhere. That's fantastic. Yeah. John. What great news! One hundred four FM is really um, around here is like the the last of the old North Shore stations. Right. You know, and yep. the music is. Uh, you know, kind of our music, and um, matter of fact, I listen to it at the Y every day. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They've got you know the the soft rock. Yeah, yeah. They've kind of contemporized it a little bit uh, right. in the morning, but still, they they try to they try to really listen to their audience, and and uh, I'm I'm looking I'm looking forward to it. I'm wait, waiting to give it a try. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go do the the uh, event at the travel show next Saturday. I'm gonna go up in person the Saturday after, and then. Maybe by the third Saturday I can I can stay home and but yeah. it's uh, it should be fun. Uh, absolutely, John, yeah. and thank goodness you're still uh, going to be out there because you've helped so many people and not only in the Ocala, obviously, yep. but everyone with a problem and Jesus. Uh, a great asset to everyone. So well, I appreciate I appreciate that, and when I when I I kind of on uh, on Facebook said. Uh, you know that's kind of that's all, folks. And I got a lot of uh, I got a lot of people that uh, that wished me well, and you know, you know, and all kinds of things. So that was that was great. It was great to know that there's a that 
uh, you're sort of appreciated because sometimes you sometimes you don't know. But uh, I I enjoyed. I will say I certainly enjoyed my time on WROL. I enjoyed my time on WJDA and ESX, and I think I'm going to really enjoy my time on uh, on uh, 104.9. I, I think it's a perfect yeah. match. And if you can do it from your kitchen table, that's better. That's that's that's. I I want to be able to do it just like I'm doing now. Uh, <laughs> that would be, that would be the best way to do it. But it's going to be live. It's still going to be live. I'm going to take phone calls and um, but just uh, maybe not be in the studio. And and they said to me, would you would you be willing to come up if we sold a remote broadcast? And I said absolutely. Just don't don't do it every week, especially every week in the summertime. But uh, but right, if you want to right. do it once in a while, uh, I'll be more than happy to be at some of the local car dealerships up there or or banks or credit unions or whatever they have in their minds. So uh, yeah, yeah, looking forward to it. And we have our own little edition of the Auto Mile here on uh, Route 114 in yeah. the, you know, Danvers, Peabody uh, area, yep. you know. Yeah, um, no, absolutely. I think they're all owned by three of the same people, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, a, a great friend of mine, uh, Gary King, runs the uh, Mini of Peabody. Oh, okay. He's all right. general manager there, yeah. so uh, he's an old friend. Yeah. And, um, well, tell him, tell him to buy some advertising. I will. Yeah. <laughs> I'll make them buy it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> exactly. Hey, but. Peter, thank you for uh, for all for all you do for Ford and Edsel to to keep the uh, Edsel memory alive, and thank you for sharing it with you know our listeners over the past you know I don't, I don't know past twenty five years almost. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I would say, John. Yeah. No, Absolutely. Uh, and, yeah. I'll never forget when I was pulling in with the pink Etzel and you were at Danvers Ford, yep. and I had the little AM radio on, and you go, oh, my God, a pink and white <laughs> Etzel. <Yeah. laughs> that, that's what you said. I, I, I remember saying it. It was, yeah, uh, um, yeah. no, it was, it, was, it, was a fun, it was a fun time. And, and those, are, those are the things I kind of want to, you know, keep doing. And, again, it's just getting to meet people, and people say, why do you do this? And I said, because I learn I learn so much every time I talk to somebody on the radio, whether it's, um, you know, whether it's, you know, people like you that, that have this, you know, great love of the hobby, the old car hobby, or whether it's, uh, you know, some of the guests that call in and, and talk about whatever's new with their product or service or whatever it is. So I, I try to learn a, every, a little bit of everything. My third grade teacher told me I should try to learn three new things every day. Yeah. And, and some days I don't do that well, but other days I learn a lot. And that's all oh, I try absolutely. to, that's all I try to hope for. And uh, it's not only learning, but to impart the knowledge to someone else. That's yep. the whole thing in yep. life. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Hey, Peter, thank okay. you. So what do you think about the idea of cars driving themselves? A new AAA survey on automated vehicles reveals that only one in 10 drivers, just about 12%, would trust riding in a self-driving car. Even more, about 28%, don't know how they feel about the technology, signaling consumers are stuck sort of in neutral on the road to accepting self-driving vehicles. AAA believes consumer sentiment of automated vehicles will be driven by tangible information on key issues and equally important quality education and experience. And that's kind of what we try to do. We try to do it at work every day. I try to do it here on the program. Consumers told AAA they have a desire to see more news stories or public information on key issues surrounding self-driving vehicles like safety and liability. Six in ten, 57% of Americans say they would like to have a clear understanding of who will be legally responsible in the event of a crash with a self-driving vehicle. Well, I know, uh, in, unless it's changed, and people change their minds all the time, um, Mercedes and Volvo 
at least both of them have said the liability rests with the vehicle manufacturer, but I'm not sure everybody says that, and I'm not sure, really, if they haven't changed their mind yet. You never know. And about half are interested in laws that make self-driving cars safe. In fact, the laws are kind of unique because uh, in every state that I know of, it requires you to keep at least one hand on the steering wheel. And self-driving vehicles, well, you don't have to. And about half want to know what's going to go on with self-driving vehicles. Will they be able to be hacked? Well, if you've seen any of the Fast and Furious movies, you'd believe that any of these vehicles can be hacked, self-driving or not. Uh, well, that's movies and that's not real life. But uh, Americans specifically voiced their opinion on what would make them feel safer about self-driving cars. Seven in ten would feel safer riding a self-driving car if they had the ability to take over control if something goes wrong. A similar proportion, just about 70%, also would feel safer if there was a human backup driver. Well, that I don't quite understand that because that takes away the whole point of having a self-driving vehicle that you don't have to drive unless you're the human backup driver. But the idea of getting in a self-driving cab that doesn't have a person in it doesn't make it self-driving to me somehow. But uh, knowing how people truly feel about self-driving cars will help the industry identify the steps needed to move uh, towards greater acceptance. And that's a co-worker of mine, Greg Brannon, said that. Uh, Greg is uh, part of an engineering group that I work with. And today there are self-driving vehicles. There are semi-automated vehicles on the road. However, a fully automated fleet is still decades away, and I agree with that wholeheartedly i think the first self-driving real self-driving vehicles we see will be fleets and they may even be trucks they may be in their own dedicated lanes you never know so we'll have to wait to see um how do we get this well we surveyed a whole bunch of people like we usually do so uh so that's kind of the information about self-driving vehicles and what people think about them and this sort of also follows uh what we did at mit a couple years ago where we uh, talked with the folks at MIT. We did surveys. Everybody did surveys together. And uh, Brian Reamer, a uh, uh, scientist at MIT, his surveys kind of showed the same thing. So you wonder about the car manufacturers literally spending millions of dollars, billions of dollars, on technology that people still have some hesitation about. So we'll have to wait and see where that all goes. Well, that's about the program for today. If you're going to be listening in real time starting next week on M104.9, that's North Shore Radio, M104.9, my program will start at 10 o'clock. And just to put a little extra pressure on it, we're going to be live from the AAA travel marketplace at Gillette Stadium. Uh, once I get done with the show, I'm going to be kind of working at the AAA, the AAA Public Affairs and Driver Safety booth. So if you're in AAA Row, I believe it's up on the second floor, stop over and say hi. I'll be there. And uh, we should have a good time. So live next Saturday, if you're listening to this uh, on a Saturday morning perhaps or a Saturday afternoon or sometime this week, but that will be next Saturday. It's the weekend of March 7th, so the AAA Travel Marketplace runs Friday, Saturday, and Sunday at Gillette Stadium, and uh, you can go in, you'll see all the signs, you'll see all the directions, you'll know how to get there, so I'm going to be broadcasting live, uh, if the uh, gods of uh, remote broadcasting work out the way they're supposed to, it should be great, so I'm really looking forward to that, Uh, honestly, between you and me, I'd prefer my first broadcast on the new station isn't from someplace like Gillette Stadium, but rather from their studio. But 
well, I have a kind of have an obligation to be there. So I'm going to do it, and I'm looking forward to it. It should be a lot of fun. And the AAA Travel Marketplace is a lot of fun. You can learn all about cruises and trips and discounts. And, uh, and so even if you don't want to go really far away, you can find out what's available locally. There's a lot of visitor and convention center folks that are there to try to help. Also, there will be some information about uh, TSA PreCheck, so you can learn more information about uh how you can get approved for that so you don't have to take your shoes and belt off and all that sort of stuff. And I believe there is going to be the registry of motor vehicles there. They're going to be handing out information about real ID. Remember, by October, if you fly domestically, uh, you need to either carry your passport or have a driver's license that has a little real ID star on it so you can get through without any question and that's flying domestically and getting into federal buildings and that type of thing if you're going to canada on a regular basis you need an additional enhancement or bring your passport with you one or the other so that's today's program i hope that you tune in live starting uh next saturday uh, between 10 and 11 on four that's north shore radio you can find the app just go just look on any of those app stores, 104.9 North Shore Radio. You'll find it. You can stream it. Uh, it is FM, so it's a nice, clear signal, so you can listen to that. And great sounding on the app as well. So until next week, make sure you wear your seatbelt, drive safely, and be good to your car. Talk to you all next week. Bye-bye.